When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight, Fist of the Dragon, Maker of Gains, Co-Lord of the White Claw. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful, Stealer of Hearts, Bandit of Time, Hero of Shreve, Co-Lord of the White Claw. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Aria 6 of Clash of Kings, and in our Maester study, we will be discussing Hall. Yeah, Ez, can I say something real quick here? Mm-hmm. Chapter 100, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Triple digits. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's exciting. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's exciting. It's cool, you know. Wow. Let me just look back and reflect upon all 100 episodes that we did. So um, uh, here we go. Episode one. Okay, I'll stop. No. <laughs> I was just like, okay, episode one. Wow, dude, great episode. Episode two. Wow, okay, man, three. Right. You know, just go back. Yeah, just go back. And just, like six was just, pretty bad, about, but, you know. Six, seven was good. You know, every single episode. Let's just go back and. Uh, what if we just threw all 100 episodes into one episode and we, like, submitted it to iTunes and it were, like, Oh I don't know my. how many hours it would be. It'd be like, yeah, like what's the limit? Well, it'd be it'd be close to it'd be over a hundred hours. I mean, because yeah. some episodes were two hours, some are one, some are like an hour and forty five. I mean, yeah, God, it'd probably be. I mean, it'd be close to four or five hundred hours. It's crazy. Yeah, when you think about it like that, like uh, all the hours that we've spent doing the podcast, plus the 
follow up Fridays and show reviews and stuff like that. It's it's a uh, it's intense. It's a, it's quite it's quite a bit. It's a big project and it's something that we love doing. We absolutely love mm-hmm. doing this and we continue doing much more of it. Uh, plan on continuing to do much more of it in the future. So. Yeah, this is this is fun. It's nice to have a little marker, kind of a little milestone where we just look back and say, Jeez, can you believe this? Nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. And I will say real quick, um, uh, eventually at some point, you know, because even though this is episode, this is chapter 100, right? So it's episode 100, but we've really done way more than 100 episodes. Uh, at some point, the iTunes feed will start to not show... Uh, you know, it only holds like 300 episodes and then it'll kind of drop off. So just know that all of our episodes are, of course, on Podbean, mm-hmm. right? So you can go back to Podbean. You can find you can go all the way back to episode one, even stuff before we did, uh, before we were bending the knee and stuff like that. So that is all there. Yeah. Um, In the event you click on iTunes, you're like, you know, I want to go back and listen to some of those older episodes. Uh, They will click off at some point. So we actually have 209. Well, this will be 210 total episodes on there as of right now, but eventually some of these will click off and stuff. So you will have to go to Podbean to check them all out. Yeah. And we've actually talked about that, making sure we kind of have an archive, you know, ourselves. at least we've got that to to back everything up because once, I mean, who knows, you know, once uh, winds of winter comes out or the, or the pre, we could at one point have three episodes a week going on. So who knows? It could be, could be crazy. So yeah. Yeah. But that's, um, yeah, it's awesome. And, and actually, you know, um, We'll bring this up now. We, Matt and I, um, this this is not a joke, okay? We love mm-hmm. doing this, and we're going to keep doing it, and we're going to, we would love to do it essentially as, whether it be full-time, part-time, whatever, like it's, it's we essentially it is a part-time job. It's, it's actually uh, almost kind of like full-time. We put so many hours into like the research and theories and trying to do stuff for listeners and making this show. So we appreciate your support, whether it's an iTunes review, uh, a comment, a like, a subscribe on YouTube, literally all of that stuff helps us. And it, and it kind of, um, it, it helps the podcast. It, it encourages us to go to more uh, cons, conventions, do more exclusive stuff for, for our listeners. So uh, yeah, I guess I just want to say thank you to everybody who has already done that and who is going to do it in the future. It's just, um, we really appreciate it. And it really does help. Matt and I kind of um, reach our goal there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all huge. Every every review on iTunes, every all of that stuff is just huge. Yeah, as I said, it just really helps push the podcast forward, bring in new people, all that stuff. And we have been pushing a lot more stuff out on YouTube. Uh, just extra content, right? Just extra content, more kind of specific. Here's a specific subject, uh, stuff like that. Because we have a lot of those great subjects, great conversations sometimes that are inside of an episode. And so, you know, we could do an episode where, hey, we're talking about John, but then, you know, Sam's heavy in the the chapter. So we talk about Sam, right? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you may may not know it because it is titled John because it's a John chapter. So yeah. um, that is where a lot of that kind of stuff is going to be over on our YouTube page if you do want to check out some of that stuff there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we got, uh, I even think next week, so we'll have Lady Raj back on. We'll do another Maester study uh, with her and then we're going to have another uh, YouTube video there as well uh, with, with with her. So it's, it's great. Here recently, I'll just tell folks, we've been doing a lot of Winds of Winter theory videos and we've also been doing a, a look back at Fire and Blood and we're looking at this prequel show and what it could mean and talking about the characters that may show up there. So if you want some refresher on that, that's exactly what we're doing. We're doing a four-part Daemon Targaryen series, uh, also a four-part Rhaenyra Targaryen, 
Um, so yeah, th that's what we're working on currently. And then we're going to go back to Aegon's conquest and move through that as well. So yeah, absolutely. So, all right, as man, how you doing today, bud? Dude, I, I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm actually, uh, this is awesome. I've had a busy weekend. Um, so I was down with my buddy Lane from an unexpected podcast and, uh, we kind of wrapped up Lord of the Rings, which is wild. I bring that up because we are a book club. George R. R. Martin loves Lord of the Rings, is influenced by it, and so I just finished that, and it was sort of like this crazy adventure and, and journey. Um, going to be having Matt on later this summer over there as well, so if you're interested in that, we're going to be bringing Matt on, talking about uh, video games and looking at The Hobbit uh, later on this summer uh, towards towards the fall, so that's a lot of fun. So yeah, it was, it was busy. It was a beautiful weekend, though, absolutely beautiful, and it is here today as well. Uh, my sister has her pool up ready to go so i'm gonna go uh, out there later and just kind of you know lay out on a floaty and and uh, get some of that uh sunshine i know that's not uh always as easy over in portland though absolutely not man yeah it's been <laughs> raining over here which is great because i i love i love you love it rain. yeah we actually we had a fire last night that's how you know it was, it was kind of chilly so really it's okay yeah. So, yeah it just comes and goes right now you know it seems like in the at one point in the week it'll be like 90 the next you know the next few days it's like you know, 50 and rainy and cold. So it's yeah. fine. But yeah, man, I've been doing good. Um, Lady Teresa and I just recorded uh, another mead, meat and cheese um, editing it right now. Just kind of uh, already got it, you know, all cut up the way I want. But now I'm just going to go and, you know, flare it up a little bit. Right. Uh, we did some chickpea paste and flatbread, uh, which is kind of like from the Dornish region so you know stay tuned for that coming out on youtube here probably you know probably friday i like to release at least those on like fridays so mm -hmm. did that that was a lot of fun but yeah man i just been plowing through the books right yeah um, yeah i'm like i'm like way ahead you know sometimes i get in that that jam where and you said this too where you know we're just listening to the chapters and then the next thing you know it's like hold on a second okay because you just want to continue that person's story so. yes yes yeah that's good. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've been, um, yeah, let me think here. I was telling you the other day, uh, when we got to this Aria chapter, I kind of went ahead and did like a Tyrion read through, um, some of John and who else? Oh, Theon. Theon. I, I could not, I just went right down this path of, of Theon chapters. So when, when we get back to those and that for me, if you heard the last Theon chapter can be kind of a challenge, but I, I decided, no, nah, I gotta, I need to invest more time in Theon and learn more about him and and really try to see things from his perspective uh, and see how that influences everything else that's going on in our story. So, uh, yeah, I encourage folks to go do those point of view re uh, read throughs. They're fun. If you're a veteran reader and you're not just plowing through this for the first time, you want something exciting. I would highly encourage you to go do those. We did those with the dance and we also did it. Um, I haven't really Storm of Swords. I have not really uh, touched in quite a bit. I know that's something that's one of your favorite books. So that uh i've been spending a lot of time here in in clash and then dance so i'm gonna have to yeah i'm gonna have to dig into that uh here shortly too because i always like to be thinking ahead and we're trying to make these tie-ins or we're connecting uh pieces to different parts of the series um so so yeah we got a lot of reading a lot of research to do um going forward uh if i can just a couple things news wise here if that's okay sir matt um yeah go right ahead man one dimension. So I back in the spring, uh, Sir Matt and I were going to go to Ice and Fire Con. Um, again, that got uh, pushed back, and that is now October 29th through the first uh, in 2020. That's down in Deer Creek Lodge, Mount Sterling, Ohio. We're Ohio guys, so we kind of thought we would go check that out. Um, other podcasters 
from the Game of Thrones uh, fandom. Go there. They attend. It's 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 a lot of fun. I don't know at this point if they're going to keep that date, but right now that is what we're looking at for a future con. I was considering Con of Thrones, but just got, I think this was last week, they came out and said that they updated they're going to go ahead and cancel for this year, and they've pushed it back to August 6th through the 8th, 2021. So next year, that'll be at the Hyatt Regency uh, Orlando venue. But uh, that was, I was, I was like, you know what, maybe I can attend that one. And again, it's, it's this struggle between trying to be respons- socially responsible, um, wanting to attend these things, wanting to get back to normal, but yet you have that, you're torn a little bit as to what, as what we, so it's nice, I guess, if they make the decision to, to postpone and to cancel, appreciate that, and we'll see how things are in the fall with Ice and Fire Con. But that's kind of the updates on on those. I haven't heard anything on Dragon Con necessarily, but um, I, I, it seems like if it's in late August uh, to September, early September, people are trying to make it work. But again, we just don't know. So right, yeah. Sure. I mean, there's just there's so there's so many variables, right? Because do you do you keep it? Well, if you keep it, are you going to be able to uh, to you know? Is it going to be able to financially work, right? Because, yeah. well, you know, because you can have less people, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you can, it's going to pay to rent out the room and all that kind of stuff. So you have to think about all of those variables as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I'll give you an example of that, though. So, like, our for Star Wars um, celebration, one of the big concerns is that, like, uh, the reason it's difficult to refund some of the money for people who, like me, who paid, like, literally $900 for a VIP pass, which I've never had in my life, I was super excited to get, they've used some of that to order exclusive prints and get them signed. So some of that money has already gone to that. And it's like, that's something they can still send me in the mail, but I may not get a full refund because they use that money to acquire those exclusive pieces of artwork or a pin or something. You know what I mean? So it's right. uh, it's a whole, it's, it's, it's complex and tricky. And I, I, I don't, um, it just kind of sucks. You know, it's not an easy position to be in. Um, this is on a large scale. It's happening all around the world, and 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 these cons and uh, organizations are having to make some some tough calls. So yeah, there's that. Right now, uh, 2020 Dragon Con is still on for September 3rd through September 7th. Um, I doubt that I'll be going to that one simply because if celebration is happening, then I'll probably go to that, and then maybe if I can attend Ice and Fire Con, we shall see. It just all comes down to what is being advised and if it's safe to go, and if that's you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we just have to look at that and, and, and think about it. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we, sh- we shall see, you know, it's, as you said, you want to be responsible and all this stuff, but yeah, it's tough. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, real quick as let's give a quick shout out to our personal social media, because we do post a lot of stuff on there really quick. You can follow yeah. me anywhere on the internet at super gains bros. And you can follow as anywhere on the internet at womp rat underscore, to M. I always just see that and we always skip over and I always think, well, you know, we should we should yeah, on social media. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're always talking Game of Thrones. It's uh, good. Sharing stuff on there. Because sometimes I share something that I meant to share on the on the Twitter and then I don't and then I realize, yeah. you know what? I should have yeah, I should I should have put the I should have put it back back there on there. So okay. Right. All right, yep. guys. Well, uh let's hit up the Maester study. Today we're gonna be talking just a little bit um about Heron Hall, right? Like because that's where Arya's story, uh, you know, ends up today, and then ultimately is going to be for the next uh, bit, right? She's going to be there kind of for a while, and I thought it's it'd be nice to kind of go back over 
Heron Hall. And we're going to take our time a little bit here today because um, the chapter itself is kind of short. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Heron Hall, right, as it is probably – I think it, it's one of the most interesting and kind of intriguing castles in just like the bigger history of – you know, a song of ice and fire and not necessarily the castle itself. Right. But kind of just like the lore around it. When you talk about like how it's kind of unlucky and it has, I mean, Jesus just in the, in the, in, in the series, in the, in the main book series, there's like 12 different people who are the, mm-hmm. you know, the ruler of Heron hall. Yeah. Right. I mean, just because it seems like, it's just really unlucky. And then the, some people who do rule it for a bit, you know, they're called like witches and vampires yeah. and all of this kind of <laughs> stuff. And I, I I think it's 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 intriguing. Right. It's like an intriguing kind of place. I think the show portrayed it pretty well, too. Yeah, they did. Absolutely. Um, It, it is sort of a, a keep that is cursed. And I hate to even make this connection, but, you know, it's kind of like the post um, for the defense against the dark arts position at Hogwarts. That's like you have a revolving right. character that kind of sits there for a bit and then leaves. That does kind of feel like what Heron Hall is and that, um, you know, being given that seat may not be a good thing. It seems like everyone who gets it or requires it, um, something bad happens to them or something bad happens to that keep and they're deposed and so on. It just, it doesn't seem to be a, a, a place that you can keep and, and rule for very long. Um, so, so yeah, and, we, and that's what we're going to talk about here in a sec is, is, is the history to that, maybe why it is somewhat like a cursed um, place in, in Westeros. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay, all right. So Hall, right, uh, really, uh, you know, it is the biggest castle in the Seven Kingdoms, right? It's built right, kind of, it's really kind of smack dab in the middle of the map, right? Or just just north of the God's Eye. Um, and uh, it is this enormous castle, right? It's supposed to be like, you, you know, unseigeable, right? Like there's, it's just, it's so big. There's no way that you could, you could possibly siege it on foot, right? It says the castle, the walls are incredibly thick. Um, its rooms are built on such a scale that it would be more comfortable for giants than humans. Has the largest chamber in Westeros, larger than the Red Keep's throne room. Now, the show does, I think, a good job of showing it, but in the books, the the throne room is like enormous, mm-hmm. um, and so it's even bigger than that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it says the castle covers three times as much ground as Winterfell and its buildings are so much larger that they can scarcely be compared. Its stable can horse a thousand, uh, can house a thousand horses. Its God's wood covers 20 acres and its kitchens are as large as Winterfell's great hall. But, you know, today it's pretty much in decay. Um, and a lot of that has to come to, uh, you know, Aegon's conquest, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and this thing is just burned to the yeah. ground. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's twofold too, right? So it's it's not only was it destroyed um, during his conquest and and burned up by his dragon, but it's also been that the the person who's there doesn't hold it very long or hold it enough to to really focus on rebuilding it. I mean, if you it, there's there's good bones there, you could actually kind of. Uh, rebuild this and, and have it restored, but no one has the finances or um, is there long enough or establishes sort of like a family, like like not one family just can kind of keep it and hold it 
for a long time. It's it's insane. If you want me to, I can kind of go into some of the um, absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to to basically how it's been passed down. So the castle was originally constructed by the order of King Heron Hor, the last king of the Isles and the Rivers. Now that's interesting because we talk about how the Riverlands and the Iron Islands essentially were connected and ruled under by one king, King Heron, and uh, he was not a good guy. So this is the guy who back in the day originally. Um, had this castle built, and during, you know, the, the um, let's see here, yeah, uh, Aegon Targaryen lands on the shores of Westeros, begins his conquest, he eventually arrives in Hall, where he offered King Heron a chance to surrender. The king refuses, it's so, sort of the arrogance of this keep that, like, it's so big and it's so large that you can't touch me here. I don't care what you've done to everyone else, this is an obstacle that you cannot overcome. And, and, the coolest part to this is Aegon just takes his dragon super high up into the sky above the clouds and just comes straight down on the keep. You know, it's not like I'm going to fly over your walls and have archers or whoever take me from high towers. It's like, no, I'm going to start way off in the distance, go way higher than you ever thought that I could go, and I'm going to come directly down on you and, and destroy you. And it's, it's what happens. Those, the, uh, you know, I, I think that's the idea is, is that you think with, with, with Harrenhal, you have high keeps these these high points you have the high ground if you will but uh a, a dragon can definitely you know kind of uh, counter that so that's what happens and um so from there we kind of move into uh let's see yeah okay so uh sir quentin who was the master at arms at dragonstone once aegon makes uh, d destroys and takes out uh, king heron it, it's given over to him but Wildly enough here, nine years later, Quentin dies from a fall from his horse. He's uh, His grandson, uh, Gargan, takes over, who quickly gained a, ba a bad reputation for taking every advantage of uh, the Lord's right of the first night. You know, sort of like that, and really kind of bad, where uh, upon marriage, the, the Lord of the land there can go and have yes. rights, yep. and yeah, it's, it's a bad thing. Right, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that, that happens, and then he is killed by a, a rebel known as Heron the Red, who claimed to be a grandson of Heron the Black, who was King Heron. Um, after he kills him, he declares himself, you know, Lord of Heron Hall, and then a year later, he is slain in battle. So, like, within the first 30 years, you, you have a couple of these guys, a couple different people who... They, they, they can't even really pass it on to a son without, or if they do get that far, then that son is killed and, and uh, not able to, to keep the house and keep, uh, keep it in the family, if you will. So then House Haraway in 44 AC is able to acquire it. Um, but that entire house is killed by Magor the Cruel uh, because of Queen Alice, who was there. There's a whole, there's a whole thing on Magor and his wives and how bad that was, but uh, both Harrenhal and and Lord Haraway um, are, are killed. Every man, every woman, and, and child. So the, the curse then starts to go from there to like, okay, it's not even just the Lord of Hall that's bad off here. It's those that are that that surround him. Like, and that that goes back to Aegon's conquest, where essentially Aegon went in there and just wiped out House Heron or House Whore, essentially. Um, so it, it's 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 debated whether or not. The the Heron the Red is actually a descendant because essentially Aegon went in there and just you know knocked out an entire house. Same thing is is uh, happening, but with with Magor here, not not an entire house, but like a lot of um, you know children. Anyone with a drop of Haraway blood is what it said. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, let me just let me just um, we'll go back really quick here, right? Because I, w- I definitely want to talk a little bit about you know some of the other houses like Lofton, right? Like they're really interesting, and then the Wentz, right? I mean, I think they kind of hold it. They kind of hold it are the best, but just in the main series, okay, right? So in mm-hmm. in a Song of Ice and Fire, we have so since two ninety eight AC, and we're in roughly three hundred, right? Maybe a little bit past it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have. Right. Shella went Janus Slint, who holds it for literally like a month. I mean, you know, like uh, Tywin Lannister holds it for a little bit. Armory Lork holds it for a little bit. Roos Bolton. Peter Baelish is named the Lord Paramount of the of the of the Trident. Right. And he Mm -hmm. is actually the one who it's kind of given to mm-hmm. but he actually never goes there and takes it mm-hmm. um right and then in the show we know he dies so there's kind of another unlucky end but then uh after him right while he's off doing his thing it's still being held by people right you have vargo ho gregor clegane Poliver, and bonifer hasty right i mean literally it's like this thing is just gets passed off it's like everyone who touches this thing and most of these people die right like the gregor mm-hmm. clegane dies right you know i mean yeah you know he, he kind of comes back right but um dies of poison uh you know Bruce Bruce bolton uh you know, he might he might get killed, right? I mean, he he yeah, dies yeah. in the show. Uh, you know, of course, he doesn't get it in the show, but I mean, so that's that's a little that's a little bit different. We do know, you know, that it's prob it's possible. You know, he's going to die too. Um, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know, Gregor Gain, Poliver, he dies, right? And so it's just crazy to think, like, yeah, everyone, it's like it's like, do not name me, uh, you know, like the Lord, the you know, Lord of Harrenhal. Right? No, it's not a good thing. It's 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 uh. It's 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 scary. Like I said, um, you bring up a good a good point. Like even years later, I mean, you get so far away from those names of like um, Heron and Haraway, uh, down to names like Went and Lothston, and what happened to them. I mean, how strong? Uh, who during the Dance of Dragons is is holding that? They have a terrible ending as well. Like it's um, it's bad. It's really bad. It's definitely there's there's got to be some. Whether there is an actual curse to it or it's just a bunch of misfortune or whatever that that happens, um, it's just too much there to be coincidence. There's something going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be like, nope, I'm good, I'm good, man. I don't want yeah. anything anything to do with this place. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, what? Gosh, do we have thoughts? I guess while we're right here, taking a, a second, like on Heron Hall in Winds of Winter, I, I, I will we will it be? I don't know. You know, you know the, it's hard to say because the show just kind of just we, we don't we don't go back there um, for any reason. But then, I mean, you know, it's close to the God's eye. So you'd have to imagine that in the books we're going to we're going to see it or go back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think, you know, um, that Baelish may get in a bit of trouble in the veil and, and may have to fall back on on this um, alliance with. um the, the, the crown or the throne, um, Lannisters, whoever you want to, you know, whether it's Tommen or whoever, and may have to go actually back to Hall. You never, you know, like, we don't know yet. Uh, right. If he, just depending on how things work out there in the Vale, but he may be outed there and may go back there and may, may come to a bad end. Like that, he may have some kind of crazy ending there. We yeah. just don't know. I mean, it could be yeah. Lady Stoneheart stuff, you know? Yeah, totally, totally possible. Because she's creepy and weird and has almost like that cursed vibe, uh, just to 
to have her sneaking around like Karen Hall <laughs> would be just a little. I know she's obsessed with the phrase right now, but uh, you know, once the area is, is cleared a bit, um, I could see her and, and the Brotherhood Without Banners making a run over there. And if she learns anything about Baelish or Baelish's involvement, uh, yeah, she would she would definitely want, want revenge. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know it's crazy. So, um, okay, well, let's. Uh, I want to talk a little bit just about some of the other people that hu- that held it, right? So, House Lawson, right? They're kind of the they're kind of the ones for me. You know, we did a big episode on the Lawson Shield, right? Um, that was kind of our, our Christmas episode two years ago. Um, and they are like really kind of interesting, right? You know, like their their sigil is a black bat, right, on a on a field uh, that's like silver and gold. Um, and then, you know, you have, uh, Danelle Lawson, right. She shows up or we, we kind of hear some stuff about her. Like some people think that she was literally like a vampire, Mm -hmm. right. And then she like rides into battle and she's like, she's like a boss from everything that we, um, we hear, right. That she's the mad. Um, and so they kind of hold it. And then we, we don't really know like what happens to them, right. They just kind of like die out it's kind of unknown we just know that it it, it is brought down in the reign of makar the first and then it moves on to house went right so mm-hmm. um they're kind of interesting because house went right is you have one of them who is one of the uh, uh oswald went right he yeah. uh he is a member of the king's guard right mm-hmm. and he's he's slain at the tower of joy yeah yeah yep yeah, that's an interesting connection. Um, like all of those folks are are that you mentioned, whether it's Lothson or Went, um, like they're given that from the Targaryens. Yes, there's that, that strong connection there. Um, and there's also a a one of the reoccurring themes there is that you gain that. How Baelish is kind of interesting that he's more of a trickster, kind of a a guy with information, uh, sleeky type of guy. These other guys are all like military people. Like they're very um, they're given that because they were the master at arms. Like it actually right. several times the master at arms, whether you're at Dragonstone or the Red Keep or what have you, that's a spot that you're that that you can gain. So it's it's Baelish is a little bit different. I, I if you go back and look at all of them, um, they all had some military commanding strength or whatever, and it was a, that was the reason you would give them Harrenhal. So because it's still a a formidable uh, keep. Um, because there are no dragons. I mean, at this time, because there are, there are there are less uh, dragons and stuff. And as long as you're not opposing uh, the Targaryens back during their reign, although then you know you you were good. It was a, it was a, a position of um, strength that you could hold. Right. So, yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Those are it's it's an interesting um, area to look at, and the people who hold it, and what happens to them in their houses, and then you know how they kind of seem to disappear a little bit, and and uh, it's not a good thing. Not, not a good thing at all. I mean, how Slint is essentially trying to, you know, the whole thing there is that he's trying to make a name for himself, for his sons, and develop a legacy, and it's just immediately donezo. No way. Not going to happen. Baelish is essentially trying. He has no, I mean, what's his big, like, this is his way, I guess, to kind of make, he seems to know, by the way, that there is something wrong with that place, and that's not a place uh, that's very appealing or whatever. It's just a title that you get to have. So Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah again, man, I... Uh, count me out, right? Like I'm good, right? Yeah. I'm out. I don't. I, don't, I do not need anything at all 
uh, to do with this place, man. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. good, man. You, you, yeah, count me out. So, all right. Well, uh, that's definitely just, you know, some news. And of course, well, before we, I mean, just real quick here before we move on. I mean, obviously, then if you want to talk about Heron Hall, I mean, the tourney at Heron Hall, right? I mean, you know, that's oh yeah, crazy that it, I mean, you can talk about it. Well, it brings the whole realm down. So I know, dude. <laughs> yes. Know, I mean, yes. So, I mean, there's yeah. obviously there's obviously that. So, all right. Well, as let's move into uh, the reread uh, for today where we'll get to Heron Hall. Um, so this week we were into Aria 6. Last week we were with Tyrion, right? That's where Tyrion, um, you know, tells Cersei that Stannis and Renly Baratheon are confronting each other, right? That she, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she, uh, and then he uses the opportunity to, you know, poisons kind of a. Uh, a, a, a strong word, really, for what he does. Yeah. I would say he, he more so plays a trick on her, right? You know, just kind of, yeah. yeah, just kind of plays a trick on her. Um, and then he ultimately ends up confronting Grandmaster Pycelle about, you know, his his actions, right, regarding the information that Tyrion kind of told people. So uh, there's mm-hmm. there's certainly that. So last, so this week we were in Arya 6. Last time we were with Arya, she was on their way to scout a village, right? Gendry finds out that Arya is a girl, forcing her to reveal her true identity. The village turns out to be occupied by Sir Gregor Clegane and his men, and Gendry is captured. During a rescue attempt, Hot Pie panics, leading Arya's leading to Arya's capture as well. Later, a spearman kills Lamy rather than carry him. So this week, eight days pass before they leave the village. Each day, one of them is tortured by the tickler for information about where uh, valuables and food is hidden. And the whereabouts of Lord Beric Dundarian, which, of course, they don't really have any information on. Finally, they are marched to Harrenhal to serve under Tywin Lannister. Arya, after complaining about being assigned to the kitchen, is assigned to the, uh, you know, the understeward in the Wailing Tower, Weiss, who is kind of a Weiss, Weiss is kind of a uh, interesting character. So, um yeah, as let's mm-hmm. dive in here. So fear cuts deeper than swords. Arya would tell herself that it did not make the fear go away. It was as much a part of her day as stale bread and the blisters on her toes after a long day of walking the hard rutted road. She had thought she had known what it meant to be afraid, but she learned better in the storehouse besides the God High. Um, eight days she had lingered there before the mountain gave the command to march, and each day she had seen someone die. Gosh, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the mountain in this in this chapter, right? And 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 the men surrounding him, right? They're they're just this is what they're doing. They're going around, and they are going to all of these little villages, all of these you know unmarked towns, and just demanding information and then just slashing and burning, right? Yeah. Uh, looking for information on Beric and Darian, and this, which is, you know, one of Ez's favorite characters. And this is really also kind of a, a Beric and Darian chapter, right, Ez? I mean, we're, this is where we're starting yeah. to get – this is where we start to get some of that, well, like, I heard he died here. Well, I heard he died here, right? And so the interesting thing about that is, you know, okay, well – did he actually die that way, right? You know, or you know, the story gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Or you know, we know he dies many times, and so, well, he did probably die that way, and he did probably die that way, and so it's uh-huh. just it's it's kind of interesting, right? When you think about just point of view and perspective and all of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there, this is um, I guess as we look at our, our major just big talking points and, and takeaways for this, um, Beric Dondarrion out there 
he's almost like this Robin Hood, you know, who is like maybe fighting for the people, but the people don't know who he is or really they, they know about. Uh, they understand that he's significant, and maybe there was some rumor beforehand, but they don't really know anything. That's a secret. They're on like a secret mission, man. They're they're trying to stay out of uh, the the way of the Lannisters, and especially the Mountain. I mean, they're they're also trying to hunt down and where where they can. They're trying to help out and stuff. But it's uh, it's wild. It's it's really unfortunate that you, you see these people being tortured for this information, and they don't they have no idea, right? And it just shows you the cruelty behind the Mountain because. One day there's like someone will give information, well, that they went north. The next day it's they went west, then south, then east. Well, we've covered every direction. No one's giving anything concrete. You got to look at this and say, these people aren't giving you anything. Plus, they know you're just going to kill them afterwards. You've not shown any reward for giving information. So what does it matter? Um, that's that's tough. It's just it's crazy. Arya kind of looking at this and seeing people being pulled out for whatever reason trying to say like well if I don't look at him he won't pick me there was no logic to this whatever everyone was seen and everyone was going to be called upon at some point uh during their travel to Harrenhal so yeah it's bad I I, I feel it's one of those um kind of like harsh realities of war where Beric Darien and his men can't do anything about this right now they are doing great things but unfortunately their whereabouts being unknown is causing a lot of pain for these people you know and even though they're trying to help and they're they're I think this would have, see, I kind of think these people would have been killed anyways. I think um, they're held on to because they're trying to gain some information. They're trying to whatever. But you look at other villages that the mountain has been to, and they take, they kill, they do whatever, um, and move on. You know, now they're, they're this new tactic, well, not really new, they've been using it where they pull people in and try to acquire information is especially hard to take because it's just, prolonging the inevitable until they get to Harrenhal. But, uh, yeah, it's it's wild. It's a gruesome sort of um, beginning to this chapter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, and that's and that's, you know, that's going to be Arya's story, right? For the next uh, little bit. Right. Is just I mean, we see a lot of hardships, a lot of pain, a lot of uh, kind of gruesome stuff. Right. With what's what's going to happen with Harrenhal and kind of the mountain and all these people that are kind of, you know, in the, in this party and, and company that will that we'll see here and so you know we see that in the chapter right each day they're just they're really just kind of hammering right uh you know all of the all of these people all of these questions you know as you said right hey how many when what banners do they fly where do they go where was the village and people don't know you know where is barrett and darian and so they just kill them right they're, they're just kill they're literally just killing all these people who have no idea yeah. what's going on no they, they don't even know i mean like, they don't even know how to tell. <laughs> it's just nuts. Like, this is where you know they're just men who are, uh, I don't know, what, what the, whether it's just bored or whatever. I, like, information that they get. I mean, you're not going to, are you following every single one of these leads or whatever comes out of a panicked person's mouth? Like, are you sending forces north? I mean, what do you tell Tywin and others? Like, you you have 50 different, uh, you know, accounts as to where they're at. The, how, how is that helpful? You know what I mean? Right. So it's not even really that great of a process in in trying to acquire information. Um, and it's not that I, I think what they're trying to do is say, we're going to show so much uh, violence here. I think they're like, goodness, I mean, some of the guards would take women out and they, they, they beheaded a woman actually once because she used a rock to hit a guy who was taking you know her out into the woods um, and they just kill her. Um, 
and they're trying to show these people like, look, we're willing to kill you. It's like, no, we know that. I mean, you've killed pretty much everyone. So despite what they tell you. So what good is this is this doing? And it's that just shows you sort of the brutality of this. Um as yeah, as as they move through that. They do talk at one point though, with uh all for Joffrey, I want to mention this guy. He's, he's one of those guys who was talking about being a, a kingsman. So even though he's saying, you know, my son um, is a gold cloak and that he's a good kingsman and everything, it did just it didn't matter. It did not matter. Um, they could do anything they wanted to these people, and it, it did them no good at all. So right, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. So um, okay, so all right, so again, they're they're hammering these people, right? And then you know. You get you get a lot of internal dialogue here, obviously from Arya, right? Where um, let me see here. It's like you know they're talking about how they're marching and stuff like that. It's like by the time they marched, Arya knew she was no water dancer. Serio Pharrell would never have let them knock him down and take his sword away, nor stood by when they killed Lamy Greenhands. Serio would never have sat silent in the storehouse, nor shuffled along meekly among other captives. The dire wolf was the sigil of the Starks, but Arya felt more a lamb, surrounded by a herd of other sheep. She hated the villagers for their sheep sheepishness almost as much as she hated herself. The Lannisters had taken everything, father, friends, home, hope, courage. One had taken needle while another had broken her wooden stick sword over his knee. They had even taken her stupid secret. The storehouse had been big enough for her to creep off and make her water in some corner when no one was looking, but it was different on the road. She held it so long as, as long as she could, but she finally had to squat by a bush and skin down her britches in front of all of them. It was that or wet herself. Hot Pie gaped at her with pig moon eyes, but no one else even troubled to look. Girl sheep or boy sheep, Sir Gregor and his men did not seem to care. So, yeah, I mean, man, it's just it's just heartbreaking, right? I mean, we're they're really, really just starting to show you, like, this is why Arya makes a list, man. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it is. You know. It is. Um, you know, one of the things, and I'll read this, this is going to be hard, uh, for people, this is, you know, again, I mean, if you're reading this series, you know, that there are, there are some pretty brutal things that are in this series. That's why it was, it's a, it's an adult series. Um, yeah, but Arya gets a broken lip for, uh, you know, just chatter and things like that. Um, one boy of three would not stop calling for his father. So they smashed his face with a spiked mace. Then the boy's mother started screaming and Rafe the Sweetling killed her as well. Like, it's bad. She goes on to kind of say that even if you were brave, you still died screaming. It didn't matter at all. So to her, it's survival. You're in the survival mode. What, what can I do to just survive, to just make it? Um, if, you, if you are picked, you might as well be brave, as a, is sort of what she's seeing from, from that woman, because she's going to be killed anyways. You know, so right. if, if you can, if you can summon that courage to be brave, then... Um, then yeah, go for it. Now, Gendry is able to be spared because he admits that he forged the helm and, right. um, Smith's, um, even apprentice Smith's were, were very valuable and they're too valuable to, to be killed. So that, uh, helps him out. He's, he's spared essentially because of his skills. So, and they're going to use that, um, to help the Lannister cause. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, let's see, where did you, where did you, where did you jump after that? Right. You know, 
they were, you know, so they're they're taken to serve Lord Tywin Lannister at Harrenhal. The Mountain told them, "You're traitors and rebels, so thank the gods that Lord Tywin's giving you a chance. It's more than you'd get as outlaws. Obey, serve, and live." Um, you know, it's not just, uh, it, it's not, she heard one wizened old woman complain to another when they had, uh, when they were bedding down for the night. We never did no treason. The others come in and took what they wanted. Same as this bunch. Then, right. Uh, Lord, let's talk, let's, let's talk about Barrick to Darren a little bit here as, sure. okay. Right. It's like Lord Barrick did not, did us no hurt though. Uh, and the red, and that red priest with him. He paid for all they took, you know, mm-hmm. paid. He took two of my chickens and gave me a bit of paper with a mark on it. You know, can I add, mm-hmm. can I eat a Can I eat a bit of paper? Right. You know, and so a lot of these people are just in the middle of this whole thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and and the, yeah, go ahead. Well, the, there at least you get that Barrick and his men treated them with kindness and right. there was a different sort of even if they were manipulating them with a piece of paper or whatever whatever you want to say there they're right. at like least an, it's, trying an, to it's be, an iou or something right yeah they're trying to be honorable about it and and it's for a cause or whatever so yeah you might lose a few chickens but your your daughter and son are not going to be killed tomorrow and that's exactly what like that's the difference you know and that's that's these this is where you see these are the good guys these are the bad guys i mean the problem, and you go back to Eddard Stark hearing about what the mountain did and that he's a, essentially a mad dog um, and right. that he's just he's a wild man. Uh, we that's that's the problem is that this is not e- even during times of war. There are like war crimes. You know what I mean? That, like, and, and, the, right. and these guys are definitely committing those crimes. This is just senseless killing and it's despicable, you know, so that's where you see like another level to this. I don't know. I think Tywin Tywin Lannister would rather maybe not know. I think he just lets Gregor sort of do his thing, and it's sort of like that's on him. You know, I'm not like he knows that he's doing it for. It's kind of an unspoken thing. He's doing it for Tywin, but yet there's never any exchange of like, "Hey, go do this for me." So you have that uh, you're able to deny later on that you knew anything or had it, that all. It can be laid at the mountain's feet versus Tywin's feet. It's the same thing that happens during like the sack of King's Landing when um the targaryen babies are killed and and stuff you know in, in, a, in a brutal brutal way well tywin kind of that uh, the martells will lay that at his feet but truly it's it's like sir gregor is is who ends up fighting for his life later on uh, right for that you know yeah so yeah it's it's um, tough but i mean Barrick is just a, he's it's why i like Barrick and darian He's he's this he's 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 an awesome dude, and there's something yeah. magical going on with the red priest in him. And right, that he is being resurrected. Yeah, and so yeah, so this is later, right? This is later, I guess, later in the chapter when Weiss Weiss is talking about him, and we start to get this. I'm actually I just pulled it up on search, and so we we, we start to get this um, in this, and then in some of the next chapters, I guess, is where it really kind of picks up. Um, so you know, it's like there's uh, this is when she's talking to Weiss, right? Like towards towards the end of this chapter, and she says, um. There was always talk of Beric Dondarrion. A fat archer once said the bloody mummers had slain him, but the others only laughed. Lord uh, Lork killed the man at Rushing Falls, and the mountains slain him twice. Give me a silver stag, says he don't stay dead this time neither. So, you know, and, this, and then this stuff, will, it comes up again, um, uh, I think, in, 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 a, in another chapter as well, right? So uh, it, it's just... The, I, I think it's great, right, where you start to get this because 
if you're reading this for the first time, you're like, well, you know, we don't know about coming back to life yet. And we don't know about like the red priest and R'hllor and all of this stuff. And so it's like, well, okay, are we just hearing like weird rumors, you know, like, mm-hmm. like let alone like, oh, wait, this guy can come back to life, which I think is great when they actually, when you see it happen, right? Like later yeah. when we see, we see it happen, right? Like right in front of our eyes. And it's the first time you see somebody come back to life. And then it's really starts to make this whole, like, it really all starts to click. Like, hold on a second. Uh, this Relork business uh, with like, yeah. you know, because R'hllor is really well. You, you see some stuff with Danny, right? And we see the mm-hmm. others, but now we're starting to see this other god, this other side of the equation. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And like, wow, they have some serious power, man. I mean, Melisandra. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. You know, whether she whether it's through some sort of alchemy or something, can ne- like she survives poison. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Beric and Darian can come back to life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's the magic really booms here. Yeah, in this in in a Clash of Kings. Yeah, for sure. So you know, one of the things, um, I I think the frenzy too by the mountain to try to find Beric and Darian is because he's been killed before, like, and and we're hearing these rumors. And we start to realize, well, is it, that could just be they thought they killed him. But no, we're, we're realizing, no, he actually has died and has been brought back. And so now it's sort of like, how do you how do you kill a man like that? And how do you kill his cause? Like, what do you if you can't kill him? I mean, that's typically what you do is you'll take off um, the person who's leading that group. You're going to try to take him out. Well, you can't because he's being resurrected. And, you know, uh, for those of you who have looked into the gods and the theories behind all of that and what George R. R. Martin has said about that. Is it just blood magic? Is it some type of, um, you know, are all the gods connected in some way to to blood uh, magic of, of some kind? What's the common thread there? But but definitely, whatever it is, these red uh, priests and priestesses seem to know more about it and understand it and are using it to their advantage. Whether it's tricks or whether there is actually some type of, clearly some type of magic going on, these the people in Westeros don't understand it. We haven't seen anything like this, so it's going to cause um, it, it. It causes them to. It's it's a big double take moment where you're sort of like, wait a second. I mean, this is, you know, the seven don't have this kind of power, <laughs> as far as we right. know. Yeah. So who who are these people bringing in these these different gods and and stuff? So and if they do, some people are out there going, the seven have power. Just wait. Um. Yeah. We'll we'll see about that and. <laughs> As, as we get to it. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad you, you brought that up because it's um, it, it's going to be kind of the theme moving forward as we learn about the Brotherhood Without Banners. And it becomes more of a like a legend is growing right in front of our eyes. We've heard Sansa sing about legends and the stories of these other tales. But now we're seeing Beric and Darian become a legend right now. And I love that. That's what I that's why I like him so much. And I love the Brotherhood Without Banners. One, it's a sick name. And and two, it's just like they they are out there fighting. Uh, three, they're also carrying out Eddard Stark's like last orders. Okay, so let's go. Um, anyways, um, I wanted to mention too though. So as a part of like Arya's development, she is while she's sitting there, and this is this is kind of middle of the chapter, and then we we can bounce to some of the stuff at the end. As you say, Weiss is interesting, and what happens to him later on with Jack and Hagar is something that Arya will ponder over for a while. Um, but. Uh, She's looking at these different individuals and she starts to, as you say, she was developing her list. This is why she develops her list. 
she starts to look at those individuals who are maybe lazy or cruel um, or smart or stupid. Why? Because she's trying to survive. And the more you know about your enemy and your your cap the your, your prisoners, um, you're able to formulate a plan maybe to to get out from underneath them or to get away. So she's trying to you know acquire that that knowledge right now. For example, um, I, I thought this this stood out to me for uh, for a second. A person who doesn't make her list is is a man that they call shitmouth. You know, and <laughs> seriously, does yeah, I know, I know, I know. What, it's just the, some of these, some of the names, like you just get going, and you're just like, what? Like, <laughs> I know what. Where did that come from? It's because he has foul language. Um, but if you ask for an extra piece of bread, he would give it to you. So although he presented himself as a fierce, uh, angry, maybe in front of other Lannisters, he talked a lot of you know what. Well, but privately, I think he has sympathy. For, for these people. So Arya looks at that and says, you're not on the list, but I also see yeah. you as maybe someone who I could use to help me out later on. You know, and so that's, it just shows you her intelligence and that she's analyzing and evaluating, you know, these these guardsmen uh, to try to formulate an escape plan or, or, or whatever. Um, and then the next paragraph after that, if anyone, this I'm not going to read the whole thing here, but if you ever want to go look at like, why does she hate each individual and why are they on her list? She actually goes over that. She says that she's polishing her hate the way that Gendry um, would polish his horned helm. And she goes over that she hated Polliver for Needle. She hated Chiswick, you know, who, um, old Chiswick, who thought he was funny, raped the Sweetling who had driven his spear through Lamy's throat. She hated him even more. Um, she goes on here, Sir Marin for the killing of Sirio, the hound for killing the butcher's boy, Sir Illyn, Prince Joffrey, so on. So she goes over that. That's not the full list. There's, there's more. And she goes over exactly why she hates each one of them and just gives you that quick sort of reminder as to why this person is now on my list. And again, that list will change and it will be added to as we go on with our story. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, uh, as I just think, I just think about uh, it's just it's the, the next couple of chapters are all relatively short chapters, so it's gonna be it's gonna be intriguing for the next couple of weeks as we're like, okay, well, you know, because they're all they're all kind of building, right? And so we get to mm-hmm. uh, the Danny chapter and stuff like that, and um, you know, just it, it, we're we're in, we're in this weird stretch in a Clash of Kings as we're gonna start setting up, um, you know, like we we've been talking about that, right? Okay, it's so like. We, the beginning, a lot of beginning chapters. Okay, they're setting up. Well, now we we we're into that. Like, okay, we then we hit our phase. It's, you know how a story goes, right? It's like a roller coaster, up and down, up and down, and up and down. So now we're now we're getting to that big push where it's like we're gonna start getting the stuff with like, uh, you know, Arya and Jack and Hagar, right? Yeah. And the like, meat. <laughs> which the meat, man. We're getting we're getting right into it, right? Which is great. Yeah. Which is great. And that's. That's where we're headed, right? With Jack and Hagar and the list and Arya's, mm-hmm. um, you know, be slowly beginning becoming the character that she's going to become, which is a badass who may or may not kill the Night King. Okay, yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, tie that all the way in. It, it all I mean, it all starts here, right? One hundred percent. So, you know, it's it's funny too. You think about locations. Um, Harrenhal is a significant location for her now. Um, and so I, I think about winds of things that we saw in season eight and things that may happen in winds of winter and even some of the stuff that we saw like with Walter Frey and stuff and, and her when she comes back from 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 the faceless men. I'm thinking some of that is going to be different. And I, I you look back at maybe some. Oh, gosh, you, 
you know, wouldn't it be it be significant for her to do to have for her to have a, a really cool kind of moment back at Heron Hall later on? You know, when she comes back here again and she's recalling how evil a place this was and how she barely got away, you know, and all of this. Because as they're entering here, one of the things, uh, just a funny line as we kind of wrap up here for this chapter, but, um, you know, Hot Pie doesn't want to go. Why? Because there's ghosts in there. And Chiswick yeah. says, you know, he, he's, he's kind of saying, uh, Baker boy, here's your choice. Come join, um, come join the ghosts or be one. And it's sort of like, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a scary place and it's, it's, um, to be talking about all of these magical things with Beric Dondarrion and the Red Priest and then Arya and Jacken, um, to and, and to have the setting be Harrenhal, I think makes it creepier. Right. And you know about the lore and you're sort of like, this would be the time to turn on a magical moment. You know, in King's Landing, there's less of that effect uh, because they don't believe in it. There's more... Um, that, that presence of maesters is kind of stuffy and overwhelming. But here at Harrenhal, you still see the scars of dragons you know you still see that and it's sort of like i i i can believe it now i've heard you know i understand like you can actually see the effects of that and dragons are gone now but yet this is where we're going to start to to develop some of those uh increase the magic if you will yeah oh in, absolutely in and every everybody kind of sees it yeah and we're gonna see it yeah and again our jack and becomes a much bigger deal in in the next in the next chapter this is just kind of this chapter it's kind of short i mean really it's just getting them to uh to heron hall and everything's gonna just pick up from there so all right as well man you know we've done 100 episodes all right it is how does it feel you know to say that it feels great yeah it's awesome i i um it the, the the further we get along i start to feel like like this these uh these markers so when we finished a game of thrones i was like yes and as you say we're into now pretty much the meat of a clash of kings like we've gone through the introductions of you know davos and theon and now we're pushing into a lot more like like heavier chapters where some pretty cool things like a lot of the theories that we discussed way back during follow-up friday we're now getting into the nitty-gritty of those and so i I, i'll just tell listeners be ready because um matt and i have decided that we're going to for, for example, we almost could have de- deviated here and talked about the character Weiss for a second at the end of this right. and talked about the connection that that, um, you know, how does Jack and Hagar. So we're going to we're going to table it because later on we're going to talk about what happens to Weiss and how Jack and uh, what he does to Weiss is something that Arya thinks about in A Feast for Crows, you know, more than a book plus later. You know what I mean? So that's sort of what's what's fun about this is that the, the longer we go on hitting 100 episodes and continuing we get to make more of those connections and it's almost like we're weaving follow-up friday back into all of this we still have again we're still requesting that people push us those ravens we've collected quite a few of them and we're getting ready for a pretty big you know uh, air quote follow-up friday not sure when we're going to do it but uh that's gonna be part of our youtube series as well it's gonna be fantastic so yeah it's neat man i'm excited uh just because the deeper we get in here we're going over those lines. I mean, as I'm rereading this, I'm highlighting some of these lines saying, this is significant to this theory. And I'm earmarking it and I'm putting a little note in my book to say, when we cover that theory or it comes up again, I now have like the exact line where some of these um, that have been well accepted theories uh, harken back to. So I can go back in my book and find those and we can understand why people uh, decided to think the things that they did because we had an interesting um, conversation about Jack and Hagar and whether or not he was actually the man in the cage or not. You know, like that. that right. uh, what was his mission? Where was he going? Why is he going to 
Uh, why is he a part of the Night's Watch? What is it that he's trying to acquire? Those things are really interesting in a reread to look at, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So for me, it's awesome. I'm super pumped about it, and I know you are too, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Abs. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's it's great, right? We're we're really at the because you know next week. Right. We're going to be talking about Daenerys and we haven't talked. You, you you just have these long stretches, right, where you just don't talk about Daenerys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that next week we're, we're back to talking about Daenerys. And in that chapter, man, we're talking about the House of the Undying. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like you want to talk about gods and power and all of this oh, yeah. stuff. Like everything kind of changes in that episode. So it's great. Clash Kings. Really, it's like. Game of Thrones, okay, wow, you know, we're, we're getting set up here. Everything's – Game of Thrones sets you up for the political side of it. A Clash of Kings is what sets you up for, like, the magic side of it. And mm-hmm. so that's – it just yeah, goes with, further and further and further. Right, with warring and tactical stuff in the as the backdrop, too, which is which is wild. So, yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's great. I wanted to mention, too, just before we kind of sign off here, um, we have – and this ties in. So you said we're doing uh, – we're, we're going to be covering Daenerys Targaryen next week. Right. Right. Yes, sir. So, yeah, we're going to be getting back into that. And um, another plug here. The reason why you should be uh, if you if you're able to uh, follow us on Twitter at BTK cast is we the captain's report. Essentially, we've moved over there and we're running polls. So uh, from time to time, I'm going to bring them on here. And I want to throw this one out there because I want to, you know, I know a lot of our listeners. um, You may not follow us on social media. You just listen to the podcast and that's and that's that. And that's fine. It's an extra effort to you know, go over and participate in those things. So every once in a while, I like to bring this onto the show because my question had been, uh, and this is the theme of where we're going and the connections. This is Sir Matt did today, trying to make a connection to season eight and trying to uh, piece all this together. What, what were we shown in season eight? How is that affecting how we read the books? Because it is, you know, as we read the rest of the story, we, we are reading it with the knowledge and the viewing of season eight. And I cannot help, but uh, it is impacting sort of what I'm seeing and, and, and how I'm thinking. And that's very, very unique. But the poll that we recently ran for the captain's report is will Daenerys Targaryen burn down King's Landing in Winds of Winter? And, uh, or, you know, slash a dream of spring. And over, actually, it was pretty close, but most people said no. Yeah. <laughs> 53% said no. And so that's the challenge. I'm, I'm trying to challenge people a little bit. There's some other really interesting ones that I'm going to bring up uh, in the next couple of chapters, some, some polls that take things that we saw and I'm, I, I want to put it to a vote. What do people think? Do you think we're actually going to see that outcome in the books? And right now, I mean, just as the poll stands, we have people saying, no, they don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. And that's interesting. That's really interesting to me because I, my, my counter to that, go look at some of our YouTube content is that I think the, the, the reason it's close is because one people are, it's hard to kind of, you know, accept now, but like what was, what was said to them? What was said to Dan and Dave? What were those? What was that outline that George gave them? You know, like why is it that you would say this wouldn't happen? You know, to those that are saying no, what's the counter? What's the counter evidence for that? It could be that there's a lack of evidence for it in the books. Maybe is what people are saying. So you know, interesting, fun conversations, and um, we'll kind of keep analyzing that and thinking about Daenerys Targaryen as we move forward. Because, Sir Matt, how can you, how can you go into a, a, a Daenerys chapter now? And what you've been doing is like you've been looking at the bells, the number of times that 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 a reference to bells goes yeah. off, right? 
Yeah, and, I mean it's it's just it's just it's just something that it's just something that just comes right to my mind. I mean now like now that we've now that we've 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 covered that right, I'm just like oh wow, you know like that boom that just kind of jumps right out at you. I mean I think you know just because it's the best like, right. It was just eight it's times just in one chapter. Yeah, exactly. that, that you highlight the bells. You know, in in his hair. Like, wait, why? Yeah, like, what's what's the reason behind that? I mean, we, you can mention it once. Why do we have to keep coming back to it? Why is it repeated throughout the chapter? Well, and and here's something, right? And this is something you know you got to think about too. In the books, you know, we've talked about this, right? The difference between a TV show and the books, right? Danny does have the one moment with, um, Cal Drogo right in the house of the Undying, right? When she sees him, right? We we see that in the show, but that's it. Like other than kind of her braiding her hair, right, and she sees some Dothraki and stuff. We don't, we don't really, we don't really. She doesn't really like reference Cal Drogo again, but she thinks about him all the time in the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. She does. And all so the that time. it's it's a it's a you know it's a much bigger bigger thing. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. So as she's encountering even like new lovers and stuff, you know. Let's just I, I'm, I'm going to do this just because, again, it was a shorter chapter and we're we're diving. We're prepping for a Daenerys chapter. Literally, when she when she hears a bell and I, I've been doing I'm going to push myself for another Daenerys reread here to, to, to go through this point of view. But she will see some of the Dothraki or she'll be in this position and she'll think back to Cal Drogo. She also thinks back to why was she in that position? Why was she married to him? Well, it's because of all the things that happened around the time of her birth and what was going on in King's Landing and what was going on with Robert's Rebellion. Like, all of that. So she thinks back to that being a good moment, even though something, you know, air quote good, that, that comes out of that. Um, the loss of her child is 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 big, weighs heavy on her. The trickery with the blood magic and so on. And then she acquires dragons from that. It's a big time and moment in her life, so she thinks back to it all of the time. And then she's also thinking about how did she get there? What were the causes that drove her there? Barristan Selmy will be a reminder of that, and we'll talk her through that. And she starts to think about those things. And so you watch her, and if you watch it through the lens of, like, is are there any, you know, why bring up the madness? Why, why does Sir Barristan and others do that? Why do they bring up the madness of the Mad King? Uh, it's brought up, and, and, and you talk about the burnings, and then her thought process. You can see how maybe slowly, I don't think uh, that, that George R. R. Martin does things that are, like, a lot of the things that, uh, that happen, those big moments where someone's killed or someone does something, you, you know, uh, drastic. Like, okay, Eddard Stark, did, did, we didn't see that coming. People didn't see that coming. Like, and then you look back throughout the reread and you start to kind of say, was there evidence for this? He, he's willing to play it subtle for a long time and then drop a bombshell on you. Like, that's that's what he does. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a part of his writing style. It's that surprise sort of, here you go. There's a little bit of it, and you have to pay real close attention. So I think some people roll their eyes when when you hyper-focus on like a line or two. But I think the people who are doing that, George R. R. Martin is literally nodding and winking, saying, you got it. You're seeing some of right. the, the subtleness to what I'm laying down here and those little breadcrumbs, which are not glaring and obvious. They're not like otherwise this would be a really predictable series it's not that's what it's known for is being like wow that was didn't see that coming what did i miss and then you go back and you're like wow the bells ringing i know <laughs> so. i know yeah you never you just never count any anything out right just ne- literally just never count anything out because yeah. it's because it, it's one of those things where it's like oh you know you think about it you, 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 like again like hodor right 
hold the door like there's first come of all, on there's clearly no way like that we obviously right that dan and dave wrote that uh uh-huh. and, and yep. second i mean it's just it's it's like when imagine i'm like rem- like when you saw that for the first time i mean did you ever did, did like did you ever think it was going to be hold the door was the thing for hodor no no, no, dude. But then you see no. it, and you're like, "Oh my god, yeah. man!" Yes. I mean, we literally lost our minds. Minds. Lost our saw, minds. I literally remember watching that with you, as, and we were like, hands on our head, like walking around, just being yeah. like, "Oh my!" To me, yeah. it was the biggest like, Hodor was like the biggest mind melt. In, yes. in the series, because you're just like, wow. I mean, that right. is the level at which he writes. Right. And, and so, but, you know, I think if you ask people and during a reread of this, we're going to be looking at this. Is there a lot? Is there like glaring really big breadcrumbs for that? And when we initially thought of it, we thought, no, not really. Like, this is why you like there's a little bit. Maybe you can kind of. So that's what he does. That's what he wants to do. He started this back in a Game of Thrones and he thought to himself, "Watch this. Watch me. Watch me lay lay a little, lay something here." He had to. I mean, you know. I mean, unless he thought of that later on, and he, he truly is like his writing's evolving. And he says, "You know what? How else could I kind of right. take his name and change it and make it something epic?" I mean, he could have done that midway through, maybe. But I, I kind of think it was one of those things he he started with because he knew Brand's abilities and knew maybe where this was going to go, but. He, it's just the evolution of his mind and his story and his writing and his wit and he sets up he's really good at setting things up and then saying okay I have a lot of different possibilities I can go with here let's see what feels right and let's go with this and that's why this series takes so long to write but it's also why we love it so much it's also why it's a, a series you can since he sets up all of those possibilities that's why there are so many theories and you can speculate so much and not be too. And we could be coming up to with different conclusions on Benjamin, you know, Stark or whatever. Yes. But the foundation is there for each of those. We just don't know. Like you could come up with fifty different things for him, and it's like this is all we really have. So there's there's not much. You you can go any direction, and so he's just uh, mapping this out. You know, I mean, well, it, it, is he? I don't know what he's doing, right? Right. I, right. Like I I like to say that he is, but um, yeah, we'll see. It's just cool. So it's really cool. So. Keep that in mind. I guess going forward, we're going to be diving down those rabbit holes and we're going to be looking at this through that that lens, trying to say, like, where are those breadcrumbs that, yeah. that led to some of the conclusions in season eight? And we have to keep in mind that it, we do not know whether or not Dan and Dave altered some of what he told them. You know what I'm saying? Because his answer to was season eight going to be the same ending was yes, no. That part, Maybe. Yes, who knows? Part, no. Yeah, who knows? Exactly. He went back and forth, and he was like, "I'm not going to tell you which is which are the yeses and which are the noes." But yes, some of the conclusions will be the same in the book, and no, some of them won't. And so that tells you that they did change some stuff, and it had to fit their story. So it's a very interesting. I think it's fun and exciting. Although season eight maybe not wasn't what people wanted it to be, for us it allows us to to continue that conversation and to speculate and to kind of wonder what did land and and. Uh, Really, I appreciate that because we have years, maybe, potentially left for the book to come out and for the next book to come out. So what do you do in the meantime? You read it, you get to sit around in a book club and talk and, and talk about it and speculate. I think that's fun and, and, and to reread it. So um, although it may be a while before we finally figure it out, it's we're on a journey. We're on this adventure right now, and that's what's what's cool and fun about it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, guys, yeah, be sure to send us some more Ravens as we're trying to build up enough to do a follow-up Friday. We definitely have some, um, so we'd love to love to get some more of those. But uh, as it stands, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. Our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 27, Daenerys 2, I want to say. I hope that is correct. I don't have it. Uh, I, don't, I forgot to put it in the doc. But it is a Daenerys yeah. chapter that we are covering next week. Nice. Um Absolutely. So if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.